Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Throws it off the glass, no good. Rebounded inside by the guy that started the game tonight. Blake Smith, a former walk-on, and Northwestern could now begin to celebrate with six seconds to go in the game. They lead it by seven, 68-61. You know, Bowie's such a smart player. He kind of just understood, like, we were going to try to get the ball out of his hands at times, and, you know, we, we were in closeout situations on Martinelli, and after playing Sunday, we prepared a lot for Langford because Langford had been playing really well and been in a lot of pick-and-rolls. Um, we just didn't do a good job on Martinelli. We kept closing out a little bit too deep. Um, we wanted him to shoot the basketball. We didn't want him to get in there. And, you know, we just had some blown assignments. That final call, Johnny Holiday. You heard it on 105.7 The Fan yesterday. And Kevin Willard talking after the game, after the Terps fell to Northwestern 68 68- 61. Wildcats were without two starters, Jason Tyberry. And when we had Jason Horowitz on yesterday, I was asking him about Ryan Langborg, who's, oh, yeah. who's been really crushing it recently. He ended up being a late scratch due to an ankle injury. Despite that, Northwestern comes into the Xfinity Center and wins with a freshman walk-on, Blake Smith, in their starting lineup, and I could give you a million numbers about how poor their offense was. Oh, yeah. And two for 22 from three, it says it all. But this Terps team came into last night number five defense in Division One, And, Jason, it means nothing if you can't put the ball in the basket. Yeah. That, for me, Bone, is the worst loss of the season. Uh we can look at what just happened a few weeks back at home against Rutgers on a big, you know, spot on an afternoon um and say that was pretty bad. That was like a 56-52 game. But Rutgers was playing was going on a little tear then. We know what Rutgers can do defensively, how sound they are defensively. And sometimes you just lose a rock fight. 
But for this game now to get a chance at redemption, to have won a few games on the road, to set yourself up to make the last couple of home games meaningful, and to get an opponent who you should have a little bit in your crawl about over how you lost to them at Evanston, and to come out again kind of blah, to fall prey to all of your familiar faux pas, early foul trouble with your bigs, um, Jameer Young sort of selfish play slash running out of gas, right? We've seen a lot of that lately. Hoisting up three ball after three ball. after. I don't care how open the three-point look is. If you can't make that shot and you can't, don't take that shot. You know what? A lot of these threes are so wide open, you've got a chance with your dribble to move in three feet, five feet, and take it from there, right? We saw none of that. We saw three points going, three pointers going nowhere. And it was pretty interesting at halftime watching the coverage on the Big Ten Network. Um, one of the analysts there, former coach, I can't remember his name, had a big smile on his face when they asked him about you know what he thought we'd see from the Terps in the first half. And he basically said, well, if it was me, I'd be ripping their asses in the in, in the locker room right now. Because it looked to me like a team that thought that looked at who was out of the lineup and just said, all we got to do is show up and we're going to win this game at home. Um, and for a Maryland team that has struggled that much in close games all year, they can never have that mentality. I don't know, Bone. It wasn't in the locker room if that was the mentality. But you think about the way Jameer started this game. You think how long it took for Dante Scott to score any points in this game. You, you look at some of the, the, the early fouls that I think was a, were a little bit lackadaisical. It's it's a damn shame, but that that was pathetic. I mean, really, everything was going their way. The game was still played in the '60s. Like for them to lose and and to, to kind of like be bossed around, you know, they'd get bossed around for ten minutes. They'd make a two minute run. They'd get bossed around for five or six minutes. It looked like they're out of it. They'd make a little run, but there was no consistency to their play. No zero consistency. And Northwestern led by five or more. For 17 minutes of the final 20, you know, in the second half and the Terps, they can never get over the hump. It, like you were saying, they'd make a little bit of a run to make it interesting and then back off. And what's so disappointing about last night, you have the two starters out for Northwestern and Boo Boo, he hit that big three late. But for the most part, he did you the job. kept him in check. And then Nick Martinelli, twenty-seven points, dropping twenty-seven points, shooting nine for fourteen. Can't happen. And Blake Smith, I mean, he only put up one shot, but that was a critical N one where it was forty-four, forty-two at that time, and the M one, of course, made it forty-seven, forty-two. It it just can't happen. Incredibly frustrating. And look, a lot of that is tied to Juju getting in the early foul trouble. And they're bringing in the, you know, I call him the cowboy, the Canadian, the Swan, kid from Calgary, Swan, uh, from out there in, in rodeo land, stampede country, right? Swindon Rogers. Uh, and he immediately starts picking up fouls. Like, well, that's every time. I mean, it, there's a naivete there that um, must drive Kevin Willard nuts and, and ultimately, look, reflects on, on Kevin Willard, at least to some regard. But, like, th- that's where the kid Martinelli started getting heated up with high percentage shots. And then, um, Juju kind of had a tough time figuring things out once he came back um, in the second half. Uh, but bone luck. I know they're freshmen, and I'm not really mad at them. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm kind of mad at University of Maryland basketball operations. We we left yesterday, and I said, look, if the two kids, DHS and Kaiser, can combine for three three pointers, they're going to win this game. 
They combined for one. One for ten. They took ten. They lost by what? Six? Seven? Seven. I'm not saying I needed them to shoot even 25%. Like, all right, you two, you're going to take your 12, 13, 14, whatever it is. Can you two combine for three threes? Jason, they're bottom 10 after last night in the country in Division One in three-point field. Yet they still took 22. Yeah. Bottom 10 in all of Division One. Like, I don't care how open guys are anymore. Like, at halftime, I would have told them, no one on this team is taking another three. I don't care how GD open you are until you take two steps in and make a two. What did they have? Five field goals in the first half? Yes. They were five for 26. It's a hard watch. I mean, and despite that, they're in the game. And now, okay. And I kind of like him sitting Jameer a little bit. and, And frankly... I love Jameer. I think what Jameer's done is amazing. Jameer ain't going to be here next year. Like, they they need to get some look-sees at some things without Jameer. And I will never understand. I asked Chris Naki about it earlier this week. Traore becomes a thing. Then you lean to the experience. Geronimo plays ahead of him. Geronimo plays well, so now Traore doesn't play at all. And, 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 like, the two freshmen can't shoot. They can't shoot. We can bring all the recruiting gurus on here. We had another one on last week. They're amazing shooters. Just give it time. Well, guess what? With each game that they don't shoot, I, I lose confidence that they're ever going to really shoot. So if that's who you are, Bone, why don't you just go old school in that game and you've got Dante and Jameer and you play three bigs? Right? Like, what? what like, Traore and Geronimo and Juju with the two experienced kids in the backcourt. Why, why, why have we not even seen... A minute of that. That's the thing that's befuddling. When, and that's on the coach. When, again, they're bottom 10 in all of Division One in three-point field goal percentage. And talking about those two freshmen, Jason, DHS, 16.9% from three. Jamie Kaiser, who that's his thing, that's what he's known for, 24.2% from three. On the season, both of them. And the regular season's almost done. And again, if they could have just shot a combined 25% together as a tandem in that game from three, that's six more points and you probably win that game. But I, 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 you know, this is it. Like, this was the last stand. This was, for me, the worst loss of the year. They'll probably, like, knowing how they've been so sort of Jekyll and Hyde, and every time you're ready to write them off, they do something, they're liable to win a game in the conference tournament that we didn't think they'd win, but I still think that's going to come up too short in terms of getting in this field. That's too little, too late at this point. But you came to 105.7 at the right time because it's inside access. We're here till 6 on the fan, and guests start at 3.30. Peter King, who announced that after covering this league for a long time, he is riding off to the, into the sunset. He's retiring. He's joining us at 3.30. At 4, Hall of Famer Lucy Burge will be joining us. Ryan Ripken, he's in Sarasota. We'll get his thoughts on the O's. And J.P. Rashardi is going to be joining us at 5.30. Yeah, we got all the baseball, all the football you could possibly need. We're going to continue to dive into this Ravens offseason. What do we think they can do with the offensive line? Having heard from EDC and Harbs this week, um, 
Are we buying an O-way breakthrough? Did they talk enough about, frankly, their lack of pass rush on the team as presently constructed? We'll get you updates from Sarasota, both from us and from Ryan Ripken, who's there. And, uh, yeah, we still got a little more of this Terps loss to digest. We are getting more into the Terps 68-61 loss to Northwestern on the other side. And we're going to hear from the head coach, Kevin Willard, talking about shutting down the star, boo-booey, but letting others get hot. And also, what changed in the game plan when Langford was ruled out? We'll hear from the coach next. It's Inside Access on the fan. It was, you know, Bowie's such a smart player. He kind of just understood, like, we were going to try to get the ball out of his hands at times. And, you know, we, we were in closeout situations on Martinelli. And after playing Sunday, we prepared a lot for Langford because Langford had been playing really well and been in a lot of pick and rolls. Um, we just didn't do a good job on Martinelli. We kept closing out a little bit too deep. Um, we wanted him to shoot the basketball. We didn't want him to get in there. And, you know, we just had some blown assignments. It's Kevin Willard after the Terps 68-61 loss to Northwestern. And he's right. For the most part, Boo Booey did hit a big three with under five minutes to go to extend Northwestern's lead to nine at the time. But four for 13 from the court, two for six from beyond the arc. It wasn't Boo Booey, their star uh, uh, point guard that killed him last night. He mentioned Martinelli. Look, it, if you and they're a great defensive team, and and I feel bad, you know, even talking about them and defense on a night where they, you know, held, held another team below seventy points. But with how they score, let's face it, this is one where they probably needed to. Well, they obviously needed to hold them under sixty-five points. But like, if you want to hang your hat on shutting Boo Booey down. Okay, that's one thing. If you shut Boo Booey down on a night where they've got other options you have to worry about. Two of their top three scorers didn't play in the game. Shutting oh, so okay, we're going to take away Boo Booey. Okay, but that like then somebody else can't go for 27 on you. Like it's not like you shut down Boo Booey and you took away their other backcourt scorers. They didn't have anybody else. And they still outscored you by 7, never really trailed by any significant stretch. And some dude went for 27 on you. And they had a walk-on in their starting lineup. But the shooting has just been dreadful all season long. It was an exclamation point last night. Two for 22 from beyond the arc. And Kevin Willard joined the Big Bad Morning Show this morning and talked about what led to that poor shooting night. One of the biggest things that it's a little frustrating sometimes, and it's 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 kind of a, a learning curve for everybody is, you know, Northwestern's coming off a bye week. So we tried, you know, trying to explain to guys that like, you know, they're they're gonna know everything that we run. They've right. had seven days to prepare. Um, you know, we we were coming off a really good win against Rutgers. Um and, you know, we got our first four open shots were were really good looks. Um and, you know, we, we kinda had this issue at home is We've missed a couple shots early, and it's really affected us for the rest of the game. And um, they did an excellent job on Julian Reese. Um, you know, Julian's been, I think, one of the best centers in college basketball all year. And they were physical with him. Um, they were bumping him. Uh, they did a great job double-teaming him. Um, and they kind of took him out of the game. And, you know, once we lost kind of that inside game, 
um, you know, we just we, we just kind of lost some confidence in our shooting during the game. <sighs> they had open looks, and then you can think of so many at uh, Jamie Kaiser, but like Jason, you said in the open. You can't hit threes. This isn't an isolated Whether it's a mental game. block or whatever. This isn't a one-off. This has been all season. We have two games left in the regular season. There is no point in hoisting up 22 threes last night. I mean, this is another game where when you're one for 14 in the first half, that's enough. That's a big enough sample size to throw up eight more. And look, I'll, I'll, look, the last couple, whatever, sure. your doubts. But, I mean, within the run of play, they, they still threw up six more where you're like, this is just a hope and a prayer. doesn't matter how open the shot looks. And, again, you could tell me how awesome these guys shot in high school, and that's great. And you could tell me shooters just shoot. Bro, we're, we're through this whole season, and they've played quite a bit. And no one has the arrow pointing up on them as an outside shooter except for Dante Scott, who's played more games here than anybody else and can't come back. Like, not like, there's been no improvement. It's that it's worse now than before. You played, a, uh, you, you, you played a depleted team without not just some of their best backcourt scorers, but backcourt defenders. You got yourself that open at home on a night where 70 points gets you home and you're 2 of 22 from those shots. You can't tell me it doesn't get in their head. I don't. They could all go and shoot five thousand three pointers a day every day between now and midnight madness. When it's game time and it's the Big Ten, until they have a big shooting game, I don't know that they believe it's in them. Barring an absolute miracle, that was absolutely the knockout punch last night in terms of their chances at making the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid. But you've been asking this question for weeks now, a couple months now. Jameer Young, like, how do we look back at his run? And before we get to that, Kevin Willard talked about Jameer's growth on the Big Bad Morning Show. I think Jameer's, you know, progression from last year to this year. I think last year he was, um, we really relied on him scoring the basketball. But this year I think he's also done a great job of uh, progressing into being a, a really good point uh, point guard with a great feel for the game he's he's been he's been fantastic all year had a rough first half second half scored 13 points five he got of eight benched shooting, in the first half had, had six assists like I, I i that looked like a benching to me yeah um and the team was still i mean it's it still oscillated between what like a four-point deficit and a six-point deficit like it's not like the bottom fell apart i mean the crazy thing about this game is there's a long stretch where Jameer and Juju are off the court, and if anybody makes a three, they're probably plus. Like the team collected plus minus without those two on the court. Like if they just shot, if they shot ten percent from three point land, well, they did shoot ten. Fifteen. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> I mean, seventeen. Seven eighteen percent. They're 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 right there. Um and, and Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look, at some point, doesn't Jameer have to sit more? Yeah, he's not going to be here. Like, I mean, Dante I, I mean Scott I'm not saying not gonna be he here. sits for huge stretches. No, but like he can't be playing. Should he minutes. be playing 33 to 35, not 38 to 40? 100. percent And we get uh, one more regular season game at home to go for the Terps. So of course, senior night and Kevin Willard talked about that upcoming this weekend. We've been rolling. We've had a lot of games in February. Um, I think our guys have handled it really well. We, again, we've had some, unfortunately, some really tough losses. You know, um, the Ohio State game, we had a chance to win on the road. The Wisconsin um, was a crazy game where we, we, we really got a bad whistle and had a chance to win on the road. Um, and then last night, I just, you know, we just couldn't get it going offensively. But these kids have given great effort all year. Um, got a, you know, we have senior night on Sunday. We'll, we got four seniors, you know. We're going to celebrate. We want to go out, you know, make sure we give these guys a great senior night and, uh, you know, leave the Xfinity Center with a W. Terps will host Indiana on Sunday for senior day. I just, I mean, look, I, I, it's not the season they wanted. It's it's not the way anybody thought it was going to go. And, and I think, you know, later in this show and obviously in the coming weeks, we'll talk more big picture. Um I mean, this is a program where Sweet 16, right? Anything less than a Sweet 16, I'd say, since Lefty Drizel, the late Lefty Drizel, put this program on the map, for the most part, this was a team that most years you feel like should be fighting, at least fighting to be a Sweet 16 team. Jason, go a We're step. so far removed from that right now, man. Go a step further. The fact that these past couple of weeks we were, we were having this conversation, well, if they win this and maybe they go on a run here, maybe they'll sneak into the tournament. Maybe they'll get into the tournament. That's where we've been at. Not Sweet 16. We're talking about bubble, getting I mean, on the bubble. That's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. It'll only be year three for Willard, but 
the fact that they played so well for him so early in his regime may come back to bite him in the behind when we kind of look at this in its totality. Coming up next, we're going to get into the Orioles' hit the hot corner. They've brought in a couple of guys, Julio Tehran, Colton Wong. Could they offer anything to the Orioles this season? We'll get into it next. It's Inside Access on the fan. Inside Access. Going well. Tehran with a strikeout. He got him. And there's a called strike three. Tehran with that sinker. And down he goes. Got the edge that time. Long hits it in the right. Into the corner. Game over. Long wins it in the ninth. I was in the in the food room yesterday and I'm like, is that Colton Long? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh. Known him since I was like 10 years old. So it's a uh, it's pretty neat to to be able to share a clubhouse with somebody that I, I grew up in a clubhouse with. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty funny moment for me. And um, excited to have him here um, as I'm trying to figure out how to play second base the uh, best I can. It's pretty cool to have a, a gold glover uh, over there. Hopefully been able to take some ground balls with him and, and work with him a little bit. So um, I'm excited about that. That's Jackson Holiday talking about one of two pickups that the Orioles had. They signed two players to minor league contracts, including Colton Wong. And Jackson excited to work with them. Second baseman coming in. A guy that, like Jackson said, won a gold glove. Maybe some insurance uh, if Jackson struggles a little bit. And maybe they're trying to find a new Adam Frazier, Jason. You know, it, it is amazing, though, listening to that clip, right? And you think about a move like that and what it might mean or the reaction that it might inspire in most 20-year-old kids who are in their second major league camp but the first one with expectations. And for a lot of them, the default probably would be, well, damn, I didn't get off to the fastest start in the world, and now they brought in a guy who's done my job at the major league level, and maybe I'm worried. But in just one more sign that Jackson Holiday is just different, his reaction is, oh, man, I go way back with him. Yeah. Like, he played with my dad. I used to run around the clubhouse with him. He's a great dude. I've known him forever. It's so cool to be able to bounce things off him. Just think about that versus pretty much anybody else you could put in that situation. Like, just because of his unique upbringing, there is something to that whole growing up in a clubhouse thing. It's a big part of Patrick Mahomes and him hitting the ground running. Yeah, it was a different sport. His dad was a baseball player, not a football player. But still, like, just think about that for a minute. Like, he knows the guy who they brought in in case he can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. And and to have that type of attitude where... To have that mindset. Yeah, that could piss off some players. Or make them scared. Yeah. Or make them worried. Or... You know, is that guy not going to be cool to me? Oh, no. I, we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. I'm excited to learn Me, from him. him, and my dad were texting about it last <laughs> night. Chop like, it up. It's just. We got inside jokes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the Orioles, they We all, hung out with the Cardinals mascot. He talked to me. He did not talk to he others. He chirped. He chirped. And the Orioles also brought in some pitching depth on a minor league deal. Julio Tehran. I like it. Something had to happen. Um, if there's again, one thing, it's, this it's, guy doesn't walk people. Right. <laughs> top 
even after spending top time in unaffiliated ball coming back, yeah, like top nine percent of all ninth percentile in walk rate. Um, he doesn't throw very hard. Uh, I think he knows who he is and what he is at this stage, and I applaud anybody who's able um, to reach a point in their career where they're getting hit in the minors and it looks like it's over, and then you keep applying your trade and you know whatever the Mexican League and independent leagues, and then get yourself back at least on the radar of a team that has World Series aspirations. There's something to be said for that. Um, I can remember like 2017, 2018, spending a lot of time wondering if the Orioles might acquire Tehran as a starter to help them get over the hump when they were, you know, making wild card runs. Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting arm. Um, You can never have too much pitching. And and look, I would have preferred it be Lorenzen, or we all would have preferred it be Snell or Montgomery. But I also think there had to be a nod towards like, hey, as much as we think we have everything we need, bleep happens. And bleeps already happened. And we should get another guy who's been around the block in this camp. And and that's the essence of both of these moves. Uh, they're insurance. Yes. Uh, they're both minor league contracts. It's a no-lose situation. No, it's 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 no-lose whatsoever. And, and look, with the way that this... Um, their their IT people, their research people, their analytics people, the way they're able to focus and accentuate the positives with these guys, um, and and help them make gains on the margins, both as hitters and pitchers, and for what would be expected of them here now versus a year ago. I mean, think of how much run Rugnet Odor got here two years ago. That's the complete opposite of what this Wong is like. Hey, we think this twenty year old's ready. If he needs an extra four or six weeks in the majors, we might need you to come off the bench for us eight or ten times, you know, and then we might need you to go back to Norfolk in case he gets hurt. But, like, that's a very different gig than uh, Frazier or Odor in recent years or, you know, Julio Iglesias a year or two before that. Yeah. yeah. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. R.I.P. Iggy Pop. I mean, Iggy Pop's still alive, but it's not Iggy Pop anymore. Yeah. Orioles, they are in action right now. What's the score? Who is standing out? Who is starting for them on the mound? We will get into that next. It's Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan. Inside Access. I'm a kind of laid back, ain't much an old country ball like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in a sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Walter with a 2-1 pitch. Drive to right field by Stowers. He jumped on that. That's a no-doubter. Line drive home run over the right center field fence for Kyle Stowers. And it's a 3-1 game. The Orioles are on the board. Following the home run by Stowers. Stowers played in 14 games with the Orioles last year. And now this ball in the left field deep. And this one's going to leave. Smith and Jigba looking up. That's way out of here. Back-to-back homers, the lefty hitting Stowers, and the right-handed batting Jorge Mateo, and it's 3-2. Those highlights courtesy of Pirates Radio, and since those highlights took place, Jorge Mateo went yard again, Jason. Two home runs today, and he's back at shortstop. Uh, Yeah, we have yet to see him in center field. Now, maybe they're waiting for Gunner to come back before they do that. But like, there's pl- it's, yeah, these there's games plenty, don't matter. You can yeah. put anybody in shortstop. Put, yeah, yeah. put Ramon there. Yeah, like, Ramon. what's the difference? Um, so I I, I remain, um, I guess, uh, mildly baffled about that. 
Um, I, I look, I, I think we know what Jorge Mateo is at this point in time. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Stowers, we heard a lot of buzz about how he looked at the very start of of things. Um you know, just in the batting cages and getting his very early work in live BP and working on some lefties and, and how that looked. And and now he's got his second lefty lefty home run of the spring. Um got another hit off a of lefty today. And and that what that means again, I never know how much to, to make of, of spring training um outings, except you'd certainly rather guys do better than not. And there's a ton of scouts in the stands at all these games. And Kyle Stowers, the, the thing, like him getting hurt last year and then basically jobbing him when he made the team and not playing him and um, doing him no favors. And, I, and frankly, the year before that, where the GM himself said, I don't think we're making the playoffs. I mean, he said that when they he traded Mancini and, and uh, Lopi, right? And you still didn't play Stowers every day like you could have then. Uh, I just wonder if the team got too good too fast and, and he's just not going to fit here the way he would fit in, I'm going to say many, several, more than three or four major league outfields, um, including one uh, not that far from where he grew up in San Diego. Uh, there are teams that need corner outfielders. There are many teams that need corner outfielders. So if it doesn't work out here, it doesn't work out here. I, I will say this, Bone, if he has the kind of spring he's having – I hope they're proactive about this. Don't send him back to Norfolk and then trade him later. Like, whatever you think's the close to value for him, get it done. Do it. Give him a fresh start and don't have this drag into another. He's got nothing else to prove in the International League. You're not going to find anything else about him in the International League. When he's locked in at the International League, he absolutely mashes. Uh, He hits extra base hits like crazy. He drives in runs like crazy. He hits a lot of home runs. I think this kid will have more. I've said it for years. We'll have multiple twenty to twenty-five home run seasons at the major league level. Whether that's a lot, whether that ends up being largely a platoon against righties or not, remains to be seen. But I just think for this team in go for it mode, with what they have in the outfield, and with him being seventy-first overall, and Heston Kerstad being third overall or whatever, and Kowser being fifth overall. You know how that math works. Absolutely. And another player that kind of falls into that category a little bit, and I know you've brought him up in the past in terms of the team getting too good too fast, is a Tyler Nevin, who never really got a fair shake either. He's 3-for-3 uh, three three today and 583 so far in the spring. Um, Ryan, do you know where the, the inside access investigative report sounder is? Oh. Is, is this have to do with Nevin, or is there another... Something no, it doesn't have to do with on. Nevin. It's 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 more exciting than that. Oh wow! I didn't mean to put Ryan on the spot. Well, Pirates they lead the Orioles five. No, they don't. Oh, the game's tied. Don't. Oh, that's I'm slow. I'm on ESPN. Somebody it still hasn't. Somebody yet. significant just did something significant. Oh, I got it. I got it. I was pulling the highlight. That's why you caught me oh, off guard. Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> do you, so now do you have the highlight and the sounder? Look look at this behind Jeez, the wheel. Well, I have steer. the highlight, not the sounder. Oh, yet. Right. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what I'm referring to? We just never. We haven't played it in a while. It always makes me laugh. Here's the highlight. Play the sounder after the highlight. Make it, whatever. We'll break the rules. <laughs> Chuck's not in the country. Well, Jackson Holiday, he. Nope. Start of the spring. Just me and you again, huh? Oh. Yeah, gonna get a lot of wiener now, right? The next week or so. What? No. 
bit off more than we can Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. 100%. There's a line drive right field. That's a fair ball. Down the right field side, Joe Perez going to fish it out of that corner. Runner going to be waved and will score. And Jackson Holiday will go into third base with a game-tying triple. And the home crowd loves it. They're Orioles' top prospect. I'm more interested in the first part. He was eating wieners. I don't. Uh, no, I, I'm guessing they've got like a third man in the booth whose last name is Wiener. That's oh. how. That's how I interpret it. Okay. Like maybe like the guy who like does the works the dugout. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do He's they call the engineer, it? The, no, producer. no, no. I'm thinking more of like the sideline reporter. Oh. Either way, that's how I'm taking it. But Jackson Holiday. Jackson triple. Holiday game tying <laughs> triple. Two hits. That's what we're talking Two about. Two for four. So we've got the I, we believe too. We've got the IA investigative report one, right? Yes. And then we've got the IA break. Don't we have an IA breaking news for when we wink, wink? Yeah, you know I when, think when, so. when a yeah. game's going on in real time, and we and we're not allowed to play the highlights, but we do we it anyway. Have, yeah, we do it. Any- <laughs> we, no, we do, do it anyway we because it's rules. breaking news, and so that's different. <laughs> but Tyler Nevin is someone that you've brought up in the past. Where uh, look, it, team got too good too fast for him yes. to get a shot. Yeah, but I mean, in a pinch, could still play a a, a, a smidge of third base. Uh, the prototypical four A, you know, corner guy. He fits in your organization. You you acquired him in Vavra right in the early stages of this rebuild, um, and now both have kind of progressed to a point where, um, are they better than the international league? Probably. Are they going to play even somewhat regularly for a team this good? No. Um, but Nevin is great insurance to have at AAA because this team, and you could say it's a positive because this isn't a premium position. There's not a whole lot of dudes who have been earmarked for first base at any level of this organization. Basayo might end up there, but they don't have someone who's begging to be playing first base every day who's considered a prospect of any sort in this system. So somebody's got to do it. And yeah, some days it'll be a Connor Norby just because you're moving guys around, assuming Norby's still here. You know, some days it'll be Kobe Mayo, but Nevin fills a need. And last year they had guys like Lewin Diaz down there who did a good job with that. You could put Daz Cameron at first base in a pinch. Um, they had the the Lester guy who played first and third came up for a, oh, yeah. a hot minute, you know, with the O's. Um, so yeah, there's there's a place for those people in the organization. And again, you never know when injuries strike, you're adding a guy back to your forty man for a week or two, and then trying to funnel him back through waivers to get him back to AAA if you can. But uh, Nevin did some interesting things with the Tigers last year too. It's just his timing has not been great. And two of the Orioles pitchers that they brought in this offseason, they have pitched today. Corbin Burns got the start. He went an inning and two-thirds, gave up a three-run homer to Henry Davis. So three earned off three hits, one walk, three Ks. And then Craig Kimbrell, he gave up a home run to Kibrian Hayes. Yeah, unfortunately, this game is uh, in Sarasota, right? Yes. So we don't have the because I couldn't find the stat cast info. No. So we don't get the stat cast. I don't know if you know. I don't know if Henry Davis was a bomb bomb or or what. But that's fine. Wind um, dated. He was first overall pick a few years back. I don't think he's going to stick at catcher. In fact, if he sticks at catcher, it'll be to the detriment of that pitching staff. Uh, but he can swing the bat. And uh, you know, look, Corbin Burns is going to be a okay. But I will be interested to see when he talks to the media afterwards. You know, did he throw any of the second curveball, the new, new curveball? Um, what was his pitch mix like? Um, and he's just getting in his work. 
Peter King, he announced that he is going to retire in his column that he put out on Monday. He'll be joining us at 3.30. We'll get his thoughts looking back on an awesome, awesome, fantastic career. But coming up next, Justin Matabike is going to get the tag. Adafe Owe. What are we expecting out of him in a crucial year for Eric DaCosta is even going to pick up the fifth-year option? We're going to get into it next on Inside Access. Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 